Welcome to the Gospel Saves podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. I'm Wade Stanley, an evangelist with the Church of Christ. Please visit thegospelsaves.me for blogs, videos, and Bible studies. You can also find The Gospel Saves on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Some people don't see a need for organized religion, and they have given up attending church. They believe in God and His Son, Jesus Christ, but they see little need to associate themselves with the church. The Bible presents a different view. It shows the church fulfilling several vital purposes in the life of a disciple. In the book of Ephesians, I found five purposes for the church. The first purpose of the church is to glorify God. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 21, the Apostle Paul writes, To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. To glorify means to honor and praise, to speak words of excellence, to assign the highest status to God. The church is to glorify God, and the church glorifies God through the example we set by the lives we live. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus exhorts, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Matthew 5.16 When we do well, we create an opportunity for the world to honor God. Therefore, as we endeavor to do well, let us seek to glorify God. The first purpose of the church is to glorify God. A second purpose of the church is to worship God. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 18 through 20, Paul writes, And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul contrasts the drunkenness typical of pagan worship with being filled with the Spirit. When filled with the Spirit, we speak to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, or to put it another way, God expects Christians to sing when we get together. When the church sings psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, we make melody in our hearts to the Lord. Singing from our hearts implies that our singing is an act of spiritual worship. In the Bible, the heart often represents our spiritual person. So when the church meets, God expects us to worship Him spiritually. Peter says more about this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Jesus is a living stone. In verse 6, Peter quotes Isaiah 28, verse 6, which describes Jesus as a stone, a chosen and priceless cornerstone. In Ephesians 2.20, Paul describes Jesus as the chief cornerstone upon which God builds the church. Jesus is a living stone, and like Jesus, God makes us living stones by which he builds up a spiritual house. Notice the church is a spiritual house. Contrary to what some might think, churches are not made of brick and mortar, concrete and drywall. Those are material buildings where churches meet. The house is the church, the people of God, the living stones, and it's made up of people because God dwells in his people. He does not live in houses made with men's hands. And within this spiritual house, God calls upon his people to offer up spiritual sacrifices. 
The writer of Hebrews says our words of praise are a sacrifice. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. In a spiritual house, God expects his people to worship him spiritually. A third purpose of the church is to strengthen our fellow Christians. Paul talks of this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, "...from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love." Earlier in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, Paul describes Jesus as the head and the church as the body. And he put all things under the feet of Jesus, under his feet, and gave Jesus to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Building upon this imagery, Paul shows the church depends on each member doing their part to unite the body and make it stronger. When every part works together and operates properly, the church can grow and build itself in love. But the church can only accomplish this objective if it meets regularly. The writer of Hebrews exhorts in chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Verse 25 emphasizes the importance of the church meeting regularly. We need to get together, especially when times are increasingly difficult for Christians. And when we get together, we need to consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. When I attend church, I must pull my mind away from what will I get out of this and drag it toward what can I give my fellow Christians. If I give careful thought, I can think of ways to inspire love and good deeds in the lives of my fellow Christians. Maybe it's just an encouraging word, or I can motivate them by setting a loving example. Whatever the case, the writer of Hebrews tells me to think about how I can inspire my fellow Christians. And if every church member attends to how they can inspire others to serve, it would inevitably increase my own motivation. The third purpose of the church is to strengthen our fellow Christians. A fourth purpose for the church is to uphold the truth. God builds the church on a threefold foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. The apostles and prophets form part of the foundation because to them God revealed the mystery, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 5. God spoke through the agency of his Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit spoke through the agency of the apostles and prophets. We build on the church's foundation by heeding the truth revealed by the Holy Spirit through the apostles and prophets. As Paul tells Timothy, the church is the house of God, the pillar and ground of the truth, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. The ground is another word for a foundation. Together with pillars, the foundation of a building holds up the structure. 
God calls the church to hold up the truth, to elevate the truth, to make the truth visible to all creation. When the church speaks the truth in love, we build on the foundation of truth laid by Jesus Christ, his apostles and prophets. We become the mechanism by which God declares the truth to the world. So a fourth purpose for the church is to uphold the truth of God. So a fourth purpose for the church is to uphold the truth of God. A fifth purpose for the church is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. When equipping ourselves with the armor of God, Paul tells us to shod our feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. The word became flesh. He resisted all forms of temptation. He delivered a message from God. Jesus died for our sins, and God raised him on the third day following his death. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Paul describes it as the gospel of peace because the sacrifice of Jesus secures our peace with God. Through the forgiveness of sins, we are no longer God's enemies. God calls the church to spread this good news of Jesus to the world. Paul asks in Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Paul says to believe we must hear, for one to hear another must preach, and to preach one must be sent. Our purpose as the church is to preach to those who have not heard and believed. And as Paul quotes from the book of Isaiah, God calls his people to perform a beautiful work. God has at least five purposes for the church. The church glorifies God through the examples we set by the good works we do. The church worships God in spirit by offering spiritual sacrifices. The church inspires and motivates itself when brethren work together and use their gifts to serve one another. The church upholds the truth by speaking the truth in love, building upon the foundation laid by Jesus Christ and his apostles and prophets. And the church preaches the gospel to the lost, sharing the good news of Jesus with those who have not heard. Thanks for listening to the Gospel Saves podcast. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find Acapeldridge on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know His perfect will. Oh